You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 66 of PlayStation Unchained. I'm back again in the co-host seat, Michael Harrinance. Joining me uh, again is Ben Shillabir-Hall, my loyal co-host. How's it going, Ben? Not too bad, thank you. And you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, good to be back again on the show, because I missed last week, I believe. Um, you um, you took the reins there. Yeah. Um, yeah, how have you been? Yeah, not Sweet. too bad. Uh, it's been an interesting week. Um, cool. Why I is got, that? Well... Well, every night, as we knew, I was sorting out London for Europe, for the uh, event with Tech McCoey. Yes, yes. And I finally took the plunge and bought the tickets to go da- train tickets to go down. All oh, right, don't you have to go at a stupidly early time? Well, yeah, because the train is not going from where I live to where I need to go, so I'm going to have to get a bus at a ridiculous time o'clock so I can get <laughs> to a train so I can get there at a ridiculous time o'clock. Oh wow, it's, it's that ridiculous. sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to leave at uh, five fifty a.m. Holy! Oh wow. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> get there a bit you. early, so at least that's one thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because um, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's cool, man. And I'll be there as well. We'll be able to meet each Whee. other. Last. And uh, joining myself and Ben is, of course, Neil Bolt, our regular UK podcast podcast. Sorry, podca- <laughs> podcaster. How's it going, Neil? <laughs> Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. It's uh, another normal week, really. Just playing more Dying Light. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit, been it for me, really, so far. Cool, cool. Um, you st- you're still playing that game, then, yeah? Haven't finished a review and everything. Oh, yeah. You're still plugging away at it. Cool. Yeah, it's just the, you know, the story is you know, nonsense anyway. But afterwards, yeah. it's just fun to just go around the little game world and you know, do various bits and bobs and just explore. It's just the game sort of opens up in that way, weirdly. It's, could have probably done without having quite such an in-depth story, I think. <laughs> cool, cool, man. Well, um, it's good to be back again. Thanks for joining me, guys. Um, well, I say we kick this show um, off now with some news. How about that? Some Metal Gear Solid news. Sound good to you? <clears throat> okay, well, this is from... Uh, we're starting at the uh, beginning of last week, obviously. Uh, this one is a story about Hideo Kojima... Um, he has um, commented that he would love to see an open-world remake of Metal Gear Solid 1. Uh, this was uh, during a recent uh, interview, I think, at the... Um, Tepe- um, I don't know if it was the um, Tepe Game Show or not, which had recently wrapped. It doesn't actually say, but um, I thought it would have done. But uh, either way, he's, uh, he basically said that he would like to see an open-world remake of Metal Gear Solid 1, but he's unable to do it himself, and no one else has stepped up to the plate to actually make it so i'm not sure quite who he'd have in mind to remake metal gear solid one but um which of course has already had a, a one remake already with um the twin snakes in 2003 on the gamecube but um that sounds like that that sounds like a really really good prospect that does i mean obviously metal gear solid five uh ground zeroes and more so the phantom pain are open world so imagining if they reimagine um, Shadow Moses in that kind of style, I think that would obviously that would the game would be totally different. I mean, there's bound to be a huge amount more content they put pack in there, while still retaining the storyline. Of course, I think um, even though it would be its second full remake, um, 
I'd still be up for something like that. I think that would be great. I love to. See, I just love to see what they do with the um, story to fit it around an open world and what other things we could do and stuff. I think that would be great because um, the Phantom Pain is looking like um, that's looking really good. And Ground Zeroes, I mean, that was open, but it was just a, it really it was just a taster of what was to come. I think so. Um, yeah, I'd be up for that. Um, how about you guys? Let's start with um, Ben. What do you think? What's that? One sec. What ring? 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 Oh, yep. Yep. What's that? Oh, yeah, I called it. Yeah, I knew this was, was going to happen as soon as they talked. And I think that <laughs> I really thought that, I, well, I could tell the fact that um, Ground Zeroes really looks like it ties into Metal Gear 1, especially as it, you know, with the big bo- with big boss and that. I, I, I called this straight away. I knew that there'd be a remake. I bet you it gets announced like a year after 5 gets announced, gets released, I mean. You reckon? Yeah, I think we're going to see it really a lot sooner than people think. And I, I think it's been this Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain sort of lead up to it as well. All right, just to clarify, this is, he's talking about Metal Gear Solid one, not Metal Gear one, which is oh, the I one with big Metal Gear one. No, this is Metal Gear uh, Solid, as in uh, Shadow Moses. You know, I as know. In... I, I, that would be cool anyway. Yeah, but no, I still agree with what you said though. I think it'd be great if they did a Metal Gear remake, as in yeah. the first uh, first Metal Gear title. That that would that, I think that I think that's more justified than a remake of Metal Gear Solid, to be honest, because at least that one's actually got one, but this one hasn't. It's still yeah. the original. Um, what is it? M- MSX is it on or yeah. Yeah. one of the yeah. two? MSX. Some... MSX. Well, yeah. Technically, there was the remake, I guess. Re with the oh yeah NES. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Re- yeah. Uh, well, report down. Port they decided down, to yeah. make the graphics worse, the gameplay worse. <laughs> so it's like yeah. being. Yeah, but nah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they made it. They did kind of try it to remake it, but not really. No, well, that'd be great if they did. It would make sense as well. Yeah, and I'd if buy it. Led to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Neil, how about you? Oh, well, yeah, it'll happen in time. But I think as long as Kojima's still making games, no one's gonna want to take it on because he's got Kojima. a lot. Yeah, it's like he's Kojima. And it's like, who's going to do it that way or even top it? You know, and have that drive and that mind to just do these really clever and strange things. You know, for, yeah. all, his, for all his flaws, you know, game-wise, he does so much great stuff that, you know, still echoes out into many games to this day. I just think, yeah, it would take till he's retired before anyone really has a pop at remaking it. It'll be a good day when that happens, though, you know, because we'll be good to see someone with the shackles taken off, have a go at it and do something that looks you know, gorgeous. Because that little bit in Metal Gear 4, where you go back, is, you know, just a lovely sort oh, yeah. of back to there. And it's, it looks brilliant, didn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It's just snowstorm, yeah. It would, yeah, it would make it so nice to go back there if it looked even better than that, you know. Damn yeah. right. Yeah, I agree. That that was I forgot about that in Metal Gear Solid Four. That looked awesome. Even today, it still looks great. That was a really nice looking game. Mm. Mm. Cool, cool. Well, I'm we're all up for that by the sound of it. Um, moving on now. This is something entirely different, but pretty big news. Um, uh, Sony Online Entertainment has been um, acquired, and it's been uh, turned into Daybreak Game Company. This is uh, SOE this week been acquired by Columbus Nova. 
with the former PlayStation exclusive developer now known as the multi-format studio Daybreak Game Company. As a result, the mover company will now focus on producing video games for PlayStation, PC, and Xbox format. So it's gone multi-format. Um, this also means that games that were previously only available on PlayStation systems, such as uh, DC Universe Online, may now come to Xbox. Obviously, nothing's been confirmed, but um, it seems quite likely that's going to happen, or at least in terms of the future, they're going to be bringing it to... Um, there's going to be equal share between Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Um, this is... Um, I, I didn't really um, play many games made by this company at all, but obviously it's, they've been around for a long time. I've been writing about these guys for a while as well, and it's kind of like... I think it's a shame in a way because it's part of the um, PlayStation DNA. It's you know it was part of that core PlayStation DNA from the, like mainly from the PS3 area at least anyway. And they're losing, you know, they're losing. It's they're kind of like losing that now. But as I understand, they weren't really making a lot of money. And I suppose, I suppose their games really weren't. I mean, obviously they had their fans, but they weren't. It's a, it's different to like perhaps you know someone like Guerrilla Games or Naughty Dog kind of going multi-format or something. It doesn't. I don't think it had quite the same impact on so many as perhaps some of its other studios. But um, I don't know how much the deal was um, done for. There's been nothing about num- in terms of numbers, but I'm guessing a lot. <laughs> but um, uh, Michael Pachter uh, from um, Web of Schmorgan has said this. Uh, I think that Sony Online is profitable, but not particularly strategic for Sony. Remember, they are a consumer electronics manufacturer, so to some extent, owning movie and television studios makes sense in order to drive Blu-ray player and TV sales. However, owning an online gaming company isn't a great fit, particularly as games are shifting increasingly to a free-to-play mobile model. I would imagine that they won't shop in SOE so much as they received an unsolicited offer, and I think that they will find with they will be fine without contribution from that side of the business. I'm glad Smedley, that's John Smedley, the uh, president, went with the company as he built that business from scratch and deserves a lot of credit. Um, so there we go. Um, um, I'm probably not the best person to comment on this. Like I said, I didn't really have much, apart from writing about them as part of my job, I didn't really have much in, um, you know, in, in dealings with their like games and stuff. I didn't play DC Universe online and stuff, but um, uh Ben, how actually no, sorry, let's start with Neil first. Um, how do you feel about this, Neil? Yeah, well, they always felt kind of separate because you know, mainly they were always set up to be a PC games thing to start with, and then if you're lucky, you got ports. I mean, we're still waiting for Planet Side 2 to be, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. it's like to be ported out. So, yeah, it's, and I think, uh, Ben, although we discussed this not long ago about the fact that. They do these models of subscription-based stuff and then change their mind halfway through because sales weren't going so well, become free-to-play, and then pretty much ruin their games because they had a, you know, a dual identity that wasn't working out for them. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things Sony never really got their head round, I think. And, yeah, they've also received a good enough offer just to say, yeah, you know what, we'll sever our ties. There's... Yeah, so I think they made a wise move, but yeah, they probably could have done better with that whole company in the first place. Cool, cool. Um, ben, how about you, mate? Pretty much the same as Neil. Neil, um, yeah. There isn't much of a connection between PlayStation and Sony Online Entertainment. We do get ports eventually, but they are a PC-focused sector of Sony, what well, was sector of Sony. So I'm not oh, surprised. Right. Yeah. PlayStation was always their sort of second 
So, yeah, playing yeah. second fiddle to PC. All oh, right, I didn't realise that. I thought they were quite embedded in PlayStation. Oh, no. Sony yeah. Orlando Entertainment was PC centric. Oh, I see. Right, cool. The PlayStation was well. We're finished now. We'll just PlayStation yeah. can have the scraps. Just, yeah, yeah, you can have this. Um, All right. Uh, well, you know, it started with like EverQuest, which was one of the biggest MMOs on PC. It's still, you can still play it today. Oh yeah, EverQuest. Yeah, I've heard of EverQuest. Yeah, um, I played EverQuest for a bit. Uh, EverQuest Two. You got Planet. You got a lot of. See, it's mostly PC games. Yeah, and but, I take it Planet Side Two hasn't been affected by this because it's just had its beta, didn't it, or something? Who knows what's going to happen with that? Hopefully, it not because I'm looking forward to that in H One C One. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I could. I just. I suppose maybe an export port will happen now since this has happened for Planet Side Two. Maybe it, it depends. Because mm. if because Planet Side Two is on PC and PS4, yeah, the servers are shared. If I'm brightly, okay. oh, are right. they Neil? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. I I'm trying to think if they are. Well, I know DC Universe the servers are shared anyway. Yeah, mm. they're shared. It's possible they were going to do that. Yeah. Um, but Microsoft doesn't allow consoles to share. They don't like sharing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I um, remember. It's against that. their policies. For consoles to have the same multiplayer. Oh wow! <laughs> so you can't have PlayStation Four and, P- um, and Xbox because you know Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, they've changed their policies a little bit because Windows PCs will now let you play with Xbox games. But you know, oh, yeah, yeah. that's why Street Fighter Five is exclusive. One of the reasons why Street Fighter Five is exclusive to PlayStation is because oh, right. of that. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Um, so anyway, enough about that. But yeah, I can see, I can see some games still not going to the Xbox, even though it's a separate company now, just because okay. of that policy. Okay, it's cool. cheaper but... to run one server than it is three separate servers. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, some good insight there, actually, Ben. Cheers for that. Um, I was clearly uneducated in that department. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. Um, cool. I'm moving on now to um, this is a. Uh, Borderlands 3 confirmed will launch specifically on next-gen consoles, i.e. current-gen consoles, you know, basically PS4 and Xbox One, whatever you want to call it. I think it's current-gen now because they've been out, let's face it, over a year. <laughs> um, anyway, this is done. This is by Adam Byrne. Uh, no sooner than a week after teasing its potential reveal, Borderlands 3's existence has been all but formally confirmed by publisher Take-Two Interactive during its quarter three financial report. Gearbox Software's Randy Pitchford had previously pointed towards a reveal sooner rather than later when he took fan questions at a Q&A session at PAX South. It's no secret that the third iteration is in its infancy, but it looks though a formal announcement is imminent at its stage. Uh, we goes on to say, Now, Adam Fuel to the Evergreen Fire, during an earnings call over at Take-Two Interactive, President Carl Slatov confirmed that, as many had hoped, the game in the successful series would develop be developed, uh, I quote, specifically for next-gen consoles, unquote. Of course, meaning, uh, of course, meaning that there will be no PlayStation 3 version, but rather the game will instead harness the power presented by this generation of consoles exclusively. Uh, unfortunately, no details were shared, so we'll have to make do with the March release of Borderlands, the handsome collection in the meantime, which, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's a PS4 and Xbox One port of uh, Borderlands 2 and Borderlands for pre-sequel, I believe. Um... That's uh, all we have so far on Borderlands 3, but uh, yay, well. Um, it's funny, um, Borderlands, I never really got to play that much. I actually, I played um, the pre-sequel for about an hour at a 2K event last summer, and I you know, I liked it. It seemed like a solid 
you know, a solid shooting mechanics and good RPG leveling up kind of elements and stuff. I like the customization you had with the different perks and stuff, but I didn't really get to really delve into it very much, but it sounds good. Um, I probably should actually pick up the uh, handsome collection to be honest, but so yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to talk about free. I mean, it's, I know it's a massive series, so that's great for the fans. I know they've been waiting a long time for it as well. And even I, you know, I mean, writing about Borderlands for work and stuff, I've been like, mm, I wonder what number three is, you know. So, you know, I've been following it a lot, even though I haven't really played the series much. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's great news. I'd say bring it on, especially I can't, you know, I'd see no reason why I can't get into the series. So, yeah, I mean, that's really much, that's really all I can add, but that's cool, man. For everyone who's interested in it, it must be great news. Uh, ben, how about you? Oh, I can't wait, though. I must admit, Mm-hmm. Uh, with the handsome collection, I wish I had the money to buy that collector's edition of. Handsome. Oh, the claptrap thing you get, yeah, isn't it? It's four hundred dollars. Oh. It was ridiculous. Wow, is it that much? No, it's over that now. It's about seven hundred, eight hundred, because it sold out instantly. Oh crap! I, I seriously, I thought it was only about um, two hundred quid or something. Yeah, two hundred seventy pounds, four hundred dollars. You serious? That's how much four hundred dollars is? Yeah. Two hundred. Wow, Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, wow. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea that's what the exchange rate was like. Yeah, it's £1 to $1.5 normally, but it depends. Oh, right. So, I see. Yeah, I can't hmm. wait for Borderlands 3, especially as it's current gen. Uh, yeah, that won't hold them back as well, will it? Obviously, they're no. not, you know, they're, like I said, it harnessed the power of PS4 and Xbox yeah. One exclusively, so that's good because anything that's a multi format is going to be held back by the, um, the last generation version. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, uh, I do recommend the Handsome Collection because it comes with a ridiculous amount of DLC. Yeah, so yeah, it's like thirty or forty pieces of DLC, I think it is. Wicked. How much is it? Do you know the, the collection? Yeah, I think it's gonna be re- yeah normal price. That's good. That's good. So we're looking at forty, fifty quid. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good for um all the stuff you get. Um, Neil, how about you, mate? Borderlands Free. Oh yes, yeah, nice to hear it's coming. It's like, okay. Uh, big fan of Borderlands games. It's like Borderlands Two is probably one of my favorite games the ps3 era and it's just yeah, and for a multiplayer based shooter you know generally doing the co-op i did it mostly on my own and still enjoyed the hell out of it but all right so yeah, but it's just i just think about loot games like that where you just you know it's constantly picking stuff up to see if it's any good and it's like and yet destiny didn't do that for me strangely but yeah it's it's, it'll be good when it comes out. I'd imagine, you know, graphically, it's cartoony anyway, so mm. it'll look sharp. But you know, there's probably not a great deal they could do. It'd be more in the yeah. sense of you know, a bigger the world, environments, yeah, expand yeah. environments more, yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so maybe yeah. some uh, maybe some flyable uh, vehicles would be nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, Sweet. And, yeah, yeah. I also recommend getting the Hudson Collection because yeah, it is just a good lot of stuff on there cool man um <laughs> this is interesting someone's just trying to talk to me on g chat and i'm like sorry in a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so i will make sure I'll not, i won't try and type and talk at the same time uh cool well um let's move on to the next story first uh this one is uncharted 4 um it got a lot of comments actually on psu uh uncharted 4 dev says getting to uh, 60 frames per second will be quote really effing hard unquote i didn't swear obviously because i get told <laughs> off by the higher-ups <laughs> naughty dog has admitted that getting its upcoming playstation 4 exclusive adventure sequel uncharted 4 uh, thief's end to run at 60 frames per second will prove again really effing hard this was dropped by uh, neil Druckmann and bruce straley 
um, during the chat with Game Informer, a podcast, I believe, uh, they said that their priority is actually um, aiming for the best experience, which may not necessarily include a silky smooth frame rate. Uh, I quote, 60 frames per second was really hard. Oh, I hate that Call of Duty ever that plays. I always have to stop it. <laughs> um, 60 frames per second was really hard on The Last of Us Remastered, and that's a game we had finished, and we knew exactly what the end result needed to look like, uh, the pair said. Here, we're trying to push the boundaries of what this game can look and do realistic cutscenes, and trying to do 30, um, 60 frames per second is really hard. Um, obviously, they dropped the F-bomb on the podcast. <laughs> um, does this mean that 60 frames per second is still a target for Naughty Dog? Uh, you guys may remember that it did say it was aiming for this amount on all its uh, PlayStation 4 projects. Uh, go, they go on to say, I don't know. The objective for us is to make the best experience, and right now we're trying to push for luck. Then we'll see where we're at and reassess. We're constantly making choices for our production of what's going to be the, uh, going to make the game feel best, feel best and look its best. So there we are. It pro- it's not sounding likely it would be 60 frames per second. I didn't think it would be because that game is pushing a lot of numbers. And it looks amazing as well. I, you know, I, I think it's great that they're aiming for that. But at the same time, I would much rather them. They've said this before. They said that they were not going to go for sixty frames per second if it meant compromising the player experience. And I'm all for that. I'm not. I'm not one of these guys who are really, you know, oh my god, it must be sixty frames per second or fail, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, that might have been exaggerated a bit, but yeah, that's the general gist. Um, I don't really mind. I think it looks great. And again, I'll reiterate The Last of Us, switching to 60 and then 30 on remastered to actually compare the two. It's extremely noticeable, but it doesn't matter. At the same time, it, it wasn't like, oh, wow, the PS3 version sucked. I couldn't play that again because I could. You know, it may take a bit of adjustment, but it wouldn't bother me. So I, I don't really, I'm not really mad, mad about this. The game Uncharted 4 looks amazing. That's good enough for me. I want the, I want the game to play and look great. I don't mind if it's not quite as smooth. It's some games are, so it doesn't bother me. And um, uh, let's go for um, Ben. How do you feel about this? Wait, wait. So they're telling me they don't know if it's going to get 60 frames per second and they're going to have to work out when they've nearly finished the game with the time that you're supposed to do anyway because you're optimising it. <gasps> Shocking horror that <laughs> optimising might make the frame rate better. Oh, my God. Who would have thought that? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, I'd be happy with 30 frames if they can get 60 frames. I'm not fast. Um, but yeah, if they want to get 30 frames, no problem. If they can't, well, I'll still enjoy the game because I play the Drake and I do a bit of a shooty bang bang. <laughs> That's all I care about. Yeah, there's and nothing yeah. wrong with shooty bang bangs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way. Um, yeah, so I should have added as well that, you know, as long as it's like, um, I'm sure they can get it at a steady 30 frames per second, kind of locked it, that thing, so it it doesn't go below that much, if at all, then that would be fine. I mean, plenty of games do that, and they they play great. And the other Uncharted's weren't 60 frames per second anyway. And guess, you know, I love them, so there. I just wanted to add that as well, so really, I'm not bothered. Um, Neil, um, how about you? Yeah, you know, I can get people like the idea of having 60 frames per second, but if it gets to the point where that stops you playing a game like this, then, you know, yeah. you, what you're doing playing games, come on. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's how it plays, you know, how it looks is always secondary. And that will never change. No matter how good the consoles and PCs get, if it plays like trash, then what's the point? So, exactly. Quite yeah. right. Um, well, um, either way, I think we're... I think we can all agree that Uncharted 4 is looking looking like it's going to be the dog's uh, what's-its. <laughs> I was going to say something <laughs> else there. 
Um, so there we go. Um, a couple of quick fire stories here, guys, just to um, round th- um, start rounding things off. Uh, um, Sony sells 6.4 million PlayStation 4s in quarter three 2014. Uh, and also they've confirmed that they won't pro- cut the PS4's price to ca- uh, counter Microsoft's recent move. Uh, moving on. Um, oh, Borderlands franchise. Speaking of Borderlands, sorry, I should have added this. It was further down the page, so I didn't see it. Uh, it's, it's shipped 23 million units worldwide. Which is pretty damn good. That's in just over five years, I believe. It came out in 2009. Um, next up, this is the next major story we're going to discuss. Um, probably something that won't win any kind of awards for originality, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> Treyarch Studios has confirmed that it's developing an exciting new Call of Duty for 2015. Um, oh I can't, my I can't, god. Yeah. Oh my god. Barry Burton's in the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, in the spate of news, that's all, not all that surprising. It's today been confirmed by publisher Activision that Treyarch Studios is developing the latest iteration of the Call of Duty franchise. This is by Adam, um, Adam Byrne. Uh, this is the 5th of February. Uh, and they'll do an investor call. Uh, the behemoth publisher said that the newest game in the multi-million cinema series will be exciting, loaded with innovation, and perhaps one of our best games. I'm pretty sure they say that every year, but you know, you've got to spin the PR wheel, haven't you? Um, there's been murmurs for some time that the newest Call of Duty game would in fact be World at War II, a sequel to the Treyarch-developed shooter that was released back in 2008. Thankfully, and perhaps most interestingly, whatever, whatever the developer's latest Call of Duty is, it will be the first to benefit from a three-year development cycle put in place by publisher Activision to ensure originality and quality. Aside from World at War, Treyarch was almost recently responsible for both Black Ops and Black Ops 2. Expect a formal announcement in the coming months with the usual multiplayer expos following soon, uh, following soon a little bit after. Um, right. Uh, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked down the page and we've got a poll there in this article that says, when was the original Devil May Cry released? Um, <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter what it is, but for the record, it was <laughs> 2001. Um, anyway, uh, back to this. I love Call of Duty World at War. I do like Call of Duty but I've kind of gone off it in recent years because the, mo- the modern military shooters just got too samey for me, even though I do enjoy the campaigns a lot. In fact, I've never played multiplayer online because it's just it's just not my thing at all. But I did play the multiplayer at an event for Advanced Warfare, and I you can probably find the article on there, not that you need to read a preview of that now, but I liked it. I thought it was great. It injected a lot new... I, I did like the innovation it, um, they brought into the frame with the uh, exosuits and all the abilities. I thought that was cool. But bottom line is, I'm a campaign man with Call of Duty. I haven't been on it for a while. I would like to see... I've always said this. I've always said I would love to see a World War One Call of Duty because I think that would be great. It would be really gritty. It would be pretty tough as well. And I think it would be... I reckon it'd be one of the most realistic games that they could do if they, you know, if they really dug into it and spare all the Hollywood action bullshit sorry for the swear but you know i just have to say spare all that michael bay stuff and just get down to the grittiness for that quarter short it used to have in the first tour in the first well maybe up until about modern warfare uh one quarter duty four i think i lost lost it somewhere along the line there but the third the world of war two ones were definitely really gritty and more much more realistic and i thought i thought they were quite hard hitting as well um they weren't without their faults but i would love to see something in that era again or something like world war one but I think World War Two is probably outstayed its welcome for a lot of people, but personally, I wouldn't mind World at War Two. I'm just saying, but there we go. But um, I've always liked Treyarch. Actually, I felt that you know they're the underdogs. I think they've done some good. I like I like the games. Three was pretty naff in places, but I did like the other ones that they've done. So that's that's at least where I stand. Uh, Neil, how about you? 
Yeah, as much as I'd like to think they could go back and do you know, World of War like it was, I think that that would really require some sort of edge. Maybe that's what they're talking about, you know, being all exciting is the fact that they're actually going to tone down the bombastic nonsense that goes on every year and yeah, and sort of get back to that gritty stuff. But I don't see it happening. It'd be lovely because World of War, best Call of Duty. Oh, that. you liked it too, yeah? Cool. Yeah, loved it. I love World War Two games anyway, and oh, wicked! I man. still think it. I think it's due a comeback, to be honest, because it's been long enough. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Tight. It's like you know, play stuff like Heroes and Generals on um, PC. Yeah, it's just like an MMO version of that, basically. It's and it's it it works still. It's yeah, still, it's not as if medal. It's not as if Medal of Honor has been in World War Two recently because that's not no. been doing anything, has it? And the uh, last few games, the last few games were modern settings anyway, so it's not as yeah. if they've been. Yeah, we haven't really seen it for a they'd while. Probably. Probably. Yeah, same with Battlefield. You know, it's the first game did it, and that was it. It's uh, yeah, what you've written yeah. too, and um, yeah, all those series could do with probably scaling it back to that at some point. But I, yeah, yeah, I'd probably bet that Treyarch are going to do that. If not this time, then next time. They'll, yeah. They'll go back. Cool. Um, thanks for that, man. Uh, ben, how about you? I'm just just shocked about the fact there's a new Call of Duty being made. <laughs> oh, I mean, this never happens. <laughs> that's why you're so quiet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Good for those Activisions. I hope it sells well, this, this unknown game. <laughs> Everyone loves an underdog. That's yeah. Right. Uh, 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 well, good luck with the Call of Duties. <laughs> You're not into Call of Duty much, are you? No, not really. Yeah, I, bought Modern War- I bought the last one, though, Advanced Warfare. Oh, right. right. I haven't bought one in years now. So I think the last one was um, Black Ops. That was it. Mine was Modern Warfare 3, so that would have been the year after Black Ops. Yeah, I never yeah, played yeah. anything. So, yeah, three years, then. It's been three years Um, I haven't played, played it. Wow. I bought Advanced Warfare because mechs. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to buy that to be honest. I was because I, I I didn't mind that. I thought it was quite good, but I, in, in the end, I just I want to be honest. I chose Battlefield Four instead, and to be fair, I enjoyed that. But um, I think the mili- actually, I think the like the contemporary setting and futuristic ones. I think I reckon I, I go back on what I said. I reckon people are going to be getting tired of those now. Not World War Two. I think Neil was right. World War Two has been out of the picture for a while now. Um. So I think the modern setting is actually probably getting a bit tiresome now because everyone's doing it, aren't they? Call of Duty, Battlefield, yeah. you Titanfall. know, yeah, more Titanfall, yeah. Um, oh, what, Medal of Honor, obviously before it got taken out of rotation, that did that had two stabs at it, and um, so yeah. But there we go. Um, it's funny that we're talking about Call of Duty though because this is a good um, way to transition. Now, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare dev says we were snubbed at dice. This is in re- uh, this is in response to the Dice Awards 2015, which were held last week. Sledgehammer co-founder Glenn Schofield has expressed his disappointment over the fact Advanced Warfare failed to nab a single gong at the recent Dice Awards. On Twitter, Schofield was quite obviously gutted about the whole affair, and he says, "I quote, snubbed at Dice. I do have to say it hurts, really does." Unquote. Um, interestingly enough, and somewhat ironically, it was the Activision stablemate Destiny that walked home with the award for game action game of the year and outstanding achievement in online gameplay which obviously Advanced Warfare was shooting for. Uh, so that's probably quite, obviously good for Activision, but obviously, you know, uh, 
Advanced Warfare and Destiny, not made by the same developer, Bungie and Sledgehammer Games. So yeah, um, I've met, I've indirectly met Glenn Schofield at that event I mentioned where I played the multiplayer. He seemed to, he gave a speech about it. He was clearly very passionate about the game. Um, he seems a really cool guy, and he was he was he was really selling the game. To be fair, I have to say, I mean, it takes a lot to impress me when it comes to these kind of things, but. He was cinema game. He was clearly very passionate. So I can't comment because I haven't played the full game. But um, I don't know. I kind of feel sorry for him. I do. You know, he was clearly, I think he had, a, you know, they did seem to have a lot going for this game, I think. Even though I only got to play the multiplayer. So, you know, I can understand why he'd be, he'd be saying that. I have no idea what everyone else is thinking, but we can actually go down to a couple of the comments here. Uh, oh, wow. Call of Duty is a disgrace for gaming. <laughs> Call of Duty has lost its flavour for me and leaves a foul taste in my mouth. Um, I've just bought this for £25 and I'm glad I didn't pay more. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, seriously, this, this game got what it deserved. Jesus, there has to be someone. Uh, so there has to be someone here with a positive comment. Ah, um, oh, there we go. Advanced Warfare is beautiful and smooth as hell on PS3. It makes me sad to see the game look, run and look like crap and have screen tearing. While the game looks hyper-realistic, runs at 1080p at 30 frames per second, there's no screen tearing at all. Worst Call of Duty... Okay, we'll just stop there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you did read the comment from John Smith that says they're adding flying attack dogs this year. They are. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> saw that. Yeah. I might have to buy Call of Duty if that's true. Probably not, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I just mentioned that when I was scrolling up, actually. Yeah. But, but um, okay. Uh, sorry, Ben. Realistic butterfly physics. <laughs> and what was it they said about ghosts? Look, there's fish. They swim away when you swim up. <laughs> and that was literally the most interesting part. I bought a ghost for that. Oh, wow. Um, well, Ben, I mean, I think you're the only. Per- yeah, you are the only person who's actually who actually owns Advanced Warfare. Um, uh, can you comment on this at all? I mean, did you think that it was, you know, should it have got the award over Destiny? I mean, you played both games. Well, I played more Destiny, so not. I'd, oh. I'd prefer Destiny getting it, but mm. it, you know what? You know, it doesn't. It's it wasn't that bad of a game. It wasn't a great game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, Neil, I, you probably don't really have much to say on this, like me. You haven't played it. Yeah, you know those new IPs never get awards. <laughs> carry on, dude. Carry on. Yeah, it's why they think that they'd be rewarded for shoveling the same shite every year. Sorry, that's what. But I guess it's beyond me. I just don't get it. It's like it's like you. Know, you Especially if you're going up against your stable mate that is a new IP, be it you know MMO, Halo, effectively. Yeah. It's it's still a new IP and probably deserves slightly more in a bad year to win. But yeah, it's sure they made all the future things, and as I think someone did point that out in the comments, it's like people realising it's COD but with double jump now. It's like <laughs> I say, it is still COD at its heart, apart from a couple of tweaks, and that's pretty much COD every year. So yeah. Yeah, it's great that they're passionate about it, but you know, it's like criticism, take it on the chin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. I'm sure he's um, calmed down a bit now. <laughs> sucks for Glenn, though. Sorry, Glenn, if you're listening. I doubt very much, but there we go. Um, <laughs> well, uh, that just about wraps up the news. Unless you have anything or what we want, uh, you want to read out at all, Ben? Anything specific we've um, glazed over at all? Not that I can think of. 
Cool, cool. Uh, Neil, how about you? Anything you wanted to mention I haven't? Or are you cool with that? Uh, I'm just having a quick look through. Uh, sure. Oh, there you go. I found one. The uh, thing about Yoshida. Saying oh, yeah. Of yeah, video games. Yeah, Shuhei Yoshida, yeah, isn't a fan of annualised video games. I think the quote was that he hates them <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sure i can um i'll load this up actually just read a bit it was, it's one of those articles that doesn't have many quotes in so you have to kind of it was kind of like wording saying writing out what he was saying but not his quotes which are annoying yeah. i'd rather just pull some quotes and read out for you a nice juicy quote but yeah here we go um this was um uh so uh this uh he's a uh, president of sony community entertainment worldwide studios uh this was during uh, talk at Dice via Game Central Online. Uh, he was basically talking in general about sequels and marketing folk and all that kind of stuff. He was saying that marketing and sales um, teams are largely profit-driven, leading to misunderstanding when it comes to delays and sequels. Uh, he went on to say that back in the days of the original PlayStation, sequels to popular games were perceived as not as good, unquote, as their original as their predecessors and didn't generate the amount of sales as the originals. As such, sequels were viewed as somewhat as a risky prospect. However, in time, marketing teams learned how to squeeze considerable profit out of sequels and thus lobbied more for them. This later became a problem when video games start, started to require more time in development, as you'd expect. And that's definitely skyrocketed over the last decade, development costs and time in the oven. Uh, Yoshida-san went on to say that with all due respect to the likes of Ubisoft and Activision, who of course produced two of the biggest annualised franchises out there in Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty respectively, he, quote, hates, unquote, the idea of yearly franchises and could do without them. <sighs> Breath. Right. Um, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of annualised franchises that much, although I do buy Assassin's Creed every single year and buy the ex- <laughs> most expensive version every year. But that's where that's as far as I go, just with Assassin's Creed, because I just love I just like I just love the games. I love the historical value about them. I like the, I love the gameplay. To be fair to Ubisoft, the collector's editions that they do are superb. They are really, really good. There's really good quality um, stuff in there. The figurines, I'm looking at them now. Uh, you get like book, um, soundtracks. You get these like uh, these awesome collector's boxes. Sometimes they give you diaries and maps and stuff. They're great. Anyway, um, bottom line is I really do enjoy them. And that's as far as I go. I'm not a fan of annualized franchises. And I'd, I'd hate to see a lot. I'd hate to see other ones go that route, to be honest. I think there would be a dip in quality. I mean, could you imagine a Uncharted every year? <laughs> I, I, I can't. Um, but there we go. Um, so, all right, Neil, since you brought this up, how about you go first? What do you make of this? I'd like to say they're a necessary evil to a degree for those companies because you know, they bankroll pretty much everything else they do. It's like, yeah. so, you know, Activision, you could argue, have another one that's annualized, which is Skylanders, which pretty much comes out once a year now as well so oh, yeah, that, yeah. That, no, between those two they probably help you know fund destiny's pr budget so <laughs> <laughs> times two but same time yeah activision have done one good thing recently though thinking about it is the whole allowing a three-year cycle for cod by yeah, adding a third company in so this is why they probably think it's more exciting now Going back to the earlier one with Treyarch's new one, because they've had more time, a proper development cycle, if you will, to actually do the right thing and make the game more polished, a bit different, and not have to follow the same subroutines they've been given. Yeah. Yeah. Until these franchises you know, massively fail, they're just going to keep latching onto them. But they try, you could say, but 
like Ubisoft is probably the worst for it because everything they do is still basically Assassin's Creed. <laughs> you're still climb towers. You're still open up the map that way, and everything feels the same. You know, Watch Dogs, Far Cry, Assassin's yeah. Creed. Even the crew all feel the same, and that's it. It's the whole mantra of one game that's got them lots of money has now sort of bled into the rest of the company. Yeah, one game to rule them all when in the darkness. <laughs> one Bye. of us, one of us. <laughs> and on that note, I'm finished. <laughs> cool. Um, sorry, Saruman just hijacked our podcast. Um, um, ben, how about you? Um, I agree. I don't like yearly franchises if possible because it, it's, it's just not long enough to make the games fresh and feel new. And uh, it's just, yeah. Mm. I think bring back the games that, yeah, you got like every two or three years. Oh, Even I remember that. It makes you want them more. I know it that does. sounds weird. You think, oh, that game no, I've does. been looking forward to, oh, it's out next year. No, it does. I totally agree. I remember back in the day when I was, <laughs> listen to me, back in the day. Um, back in my day, um, when I was in school and in college and stuff, like we were waiting like two years for a new Resident Evil or a new Metal Gear Solid, I would digest every screenshot and every information, tidbit of information that would come out. And that was fun, man. That was part of it. And when it came out, you just devoured it, you know? Mm. You know, it, I do agree. There isn't quite... It, having one every year, it doesn't... It, it's not quite the same. But obviously, in Resident Evil's case, they are... They're not like a yearly thing or even 18 months, you know? They're like no. three... What is it? Two or two and a half, three years? Till, I'm like, in terms of major Resident Evil games, at least. I think that's perfect, to be honest. Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, it's about the right. Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil. Oh God, I think I actually know. Is Resident Evil Four was two thousand and five, five, six, seven, eight. That was four years. Resident Evil Five, uh, five to six, nine, ten, eleven. So that was three years. And now, now we're going on three years since Resident Evil Six was announced. So yeah. Um, I'm quite, you know, and obviously we've got revelations, but that's not a core one of the main entries, you know, like seven. So yeah, it's um, actually I, I could do with an announcement for Resi Seven right now. It's been three years since six was announced, <laughs> but you get, yeah, but you get the picture. So yeah, I mean that's good enough. Like Ben said, that's 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 just perfect for me. It'll happen uh, when Sony funds it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Shenmue. That's Shenmue Three. <laughs> Resident Evil will probably. I don't know. We've got Dragon's Dogma, which is on Sony consoles. Yeah. Then we've got Street Fighter, which is being funded by Sony. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. we had Dead Rising, which was funded by Microsoft. Mm. There isn't really any games this generation that Capcom's actually funded themselves. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> um, well, I think that about wraps up the news now, actually, guys. So, that cool. Thanks for the comments and everything. That was pretty cool. Um, we'll move on to um, new uh, reviews now. I'd just like to know... Um, what reviews did you read out last guy uh, last week, guys? What did you go up to? I know you didn't read Dying Light. Um, yeah, that's literally it. So you read, you went, you did Grim Fandango, yeah? Yeah. No, cool. we didn't do oh, I don't think we did. No, no, we didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, we did because we discussed it. Did we? Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. So you did Life is Strange as well, yeah? Yeah, yes. we did Life is Strange. Oh, damn. Okay. I was trying to miss last week. Now I could have talked about. You did talk about Resident Evil as well, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Yes. Okay. Oh, you're not going to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I skipped that. I thought, you know what? Resident Evil. <laughs> Who wants to listen to that? Yeah. Uh, ben, there's actually one thing. See, this is what I like about podcasts the impromptu things that happen. Um, I saw you um, on Resident Evil HD once, I think. You may, Maybe you were just on the title screen. So you yeah. actually do own the game, do you? No, my mate was playing it. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered because I saw you. We I spent thought... three hours trying to work out what the key is. 
Really? Yeah, we, we Which... were just running around the mansion confused. <laughs> How do we open this book we found? Oh, God, I wish you would come to me. I and then we def- found there was a key on the back of the book. Back of the book. <laughs> we're like, uh, the internet says we need a key. Where is the key? Yeah, you have to always examine items in your inventory. Remember that. We, we, we examined recipe. pretty much everything. We, we spent hours examining a, a shotgun, a pistol just because it looked pretty. <laughs> it does. You get too literally then. You're like, oh my, oh my god. Okay, we're supposed to do something now. <laughs> Who are you playing as? Chris or Jill? Uh, Chris. Oh, cool. Cool, fair play. Props for going for the harder mode. Uh, um, we, we didn't know which one was which, so we just picked Chris. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, Chris is harder because he does. he's only got six item slots, yeah. but there we go. Uh, ah, that's why yeah. we, we're struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that just leaves Dying Light, which is uh, by our very own oh Neil Bolt. Not quite sure who that is. Yeah. Never um, heard of the guy. That guy again. <laughs> he was all over the place last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Neil. Um, I'm sure we'll pass it over to Neil in a sec so we can chat a bit about this. But <laughs> Neil um, gave Dying Light. We're knowing a sec once it gets to the bottom of the page. An eight out of ten. Uh, the final word, Dying Light is a really enjoyable game. The atmosphere is absolutely spot on and the game world is a joy to traverse with your Parker skills. It has issues with its mission structure and confusion in the direction of its protagonist, but you'll likely be having too much fun to care. Awesome. Uh, the plus points are excellent Parker, the sumptuous soundtrack nails the moods and, and co-op is a blast. However, negatives include uh, missions varying quality, boss fights are pointless and frustrating and, can, and it can feel a tad too repetitive once the story is cleared um i haven't played this game so i can't comment but it does look awesome um but i think i should pass things to neil neil just quickly sort of comment on this sort of an overall kind of thing you did like this game obviously and you're still playing it yeah you know another week removed from the review just i'm enjoying it all over again in a way because i said the story itself is just yeah yeah it's (laughs) The more you think yeah, about yeah. it afterwards as well, you just think it, it was a load of nonsense. And it just, you could have done without it. it. It's basically the plot to Far Cry. Far Cry 1, 2, 3, and 4. Oh. You know, <laughs> yeah, dictator Loki, you fighting against him with the rebels, blah, blah, blah. But with zombies. And, with know, zombies. Yeah, as great as that but, sounds, it's uh, a bit overdone. And the zombies are a result of a virus, are they? It's some sort of outbreak? Yes, uh, yeah, a, a rabies-like virus, they put it as. Oh, okay. And the mutations come from some experimentation where they were trying to find a cure. So, uh-huh. but yeah, the way it goes for the game, and you know, initially you just see the, the shuffling normal ones, and then it sort of upgrades. You know, you they integrate the different types as you go on. Because I, which you know, very much like um, Resident Evil used to do, where you just, right. you, know, you start out with your basic enemies, and then eventually you'd have all of them at some point, you know, flying around. And it's, oh, there's so much to love about the game. It's the flaws that are there are annoying. And as I said the story is probably the biggest one because it holds back a lot of the atmosphere. Yeah. Because you, you just, you just don't care about the, Alex, what's his name? Alex Crane? Yeah, Kyle Crane, sorry, the guy, the lead guy. So it's so, you know, so memorable, I can't remember his name. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just the whole looting it and, you know, digging about in places, trying to get all your jobs done before the sun goes down, and it's, it's, it feels like a proper zombie experience should. And you know, being you know, such a big fan of all the old zombie stuff, like you know, Romero's of the Dead trilogy, 
Oh yeah, it, it's some of it is very, very reminiscent of that, but it also has elements of you know, stuff like I Am Legend. You know, with the sense that when it gets dark, there's more dangerous things that come out, and you know, a bit as co-op is a bit Walking Dead esque. If there's one or two of you, because you know, one you can keep your eye out while the other one picks locks and raids the cupboards. It's, but yeah, the music soundtrack for it is is one of the my favourite ones. In a long time it's just it evokes that Romero era Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead sort of soundtrack a bit John Carpenter-esque it's really nice fit for it nice it builds on it and yeah the day night cycle is just so well done as well it's just the, the way it just gradually gets dark is done better than even you know GTA does it quite well GTA 5 on PS4 yeah. it's lovely but I think Dying Lights is probably just slightly better in the way it does it how I'm um, sorry, I got a question quickly. How yeah. obviously it's a zombie game, so I got to ask, how gory is it? Oh, super gory! I mean, to All the right. point where you're slightly desensitised by it at points. I mean, you're first person smacking things in the head with cricket bats, and if you get the hit <laughs> right, you know the camera goes all slow motion, and you just see this fractured head just fly off into the distance. Oh wow! <laughs> like but as uh, Gary was saying last week, it's like the best fun you have in that game is drop kicking zombies off roofs. It's just it never stopped being fun <laughs> like just set into a desk by using a drop kick every time even oh, shoulder ramming as well yeah the later enemies are yeah, mixed bag in some ways it's like the running zombies that come up later so you have the mix of the old shuffling ones and the new style you know 28 days later style zombies yeah. Oh, so you uh, do have the old, the classic kind of Ramirez. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. In the early part of the game, it is great for that because it does feel like a proper old school zombie movie. And nice. if you, you're just sort of, you can do stuff, you can take one or two on, but if they get surround you, you're in trouble. That's it. It's, so that's where the parkour comes in so handy in that game where you can just escape at a moment's notice and always trying to figure out your way out no matter what. I think later you get more overpowered and it's um, less of an issue with them, but they combine it so well with the other enemies that at that point that you know you'll be distracted by what another enemy is doing that you could still get you know caught out by the uh, regular zombies. So they yeah. keep threat maintained well. Like that human enemies are uh, uh, all right, you know, but they're just a bit too tough to take on because. They can dodge and jump back and do all that nonsense, and it's just it doesn't fit quite as well. Yeah, yeah. And the other bad thing about it, I would say, is probably the boss battles are some of the most pointless things I've ever played. They just strip you of everything you've earned and stick you in a, a fight, and that's it. Oh wow! It's better <laughs> you survive, and it's just the second one in particular was very frustrating because it was preceded by a, a sequence that was. Very Far Cry-esque in what they did with it. It's a trippier one. And it had some of the most annoying jump sections in the entire game. It's like I died more in that than I did in the entire game. It wasn't even set in reality. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a game I wish, you know, one or two tweaks here or there would have been a, a really great game. But it's come end of the year, it'll be up there for, for me personally, I think, because I just have such a love of... You know, the zombie medium as it is and yeah. it's, it does so much of it so right I, I don't mind a flawed game if it at least nails the feeling and the atmosphere yeah yeah I'd say definitely worth 
a go if you're in any way liking zombie stuff. Oh, and hell it, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've been I've been keeping my eye on it actually. Anyway, you know, writing about it and stuff. It did um, it did it did look pretty cool. I just wasn't sure like how the enemies were if it was all the running stuff yeah. and everything. But that that sounds cool. But it was um, you know, they got the classic ones in there and everything. You have more fun, I think, in single player, in some ways because it just feels like it's more designed to be a single player game, which is yeah. strange coming from the makers of Dead Island, where you think that. Yeah, they did, it was a four-player co-op game at heart, and the yeah, the whole point of it was to go around with your mates smacking things in the head. It was like, <laughs> you, you still do that in this if you want, but it just takes a lot of the threat out of the game. It's like there's nothing to really be scared about, uh, you know, or be wary of when you know your mate can bail you out. Yeah, but oh, cool. I say once you finish the main game, you know, if you want to just go and run around and do stuff in co-op, it's probably best then. It's like because you can just have a laugh and. Yeah, you know, put your mates in mortal danger just for a laugh. It's always a good time. We found a nice little spot to get experience easily. Yeah, there's a few little. Oh ones yeah. Like uh, yeah. We stood on the safe. You know the safe points. You can't throw stuff normally. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. found a nice little one where we can stand on it and throw Molotovs, mm. but all the zombies would run into the walls and spike themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you mean? Yeah. So I think that's the just... first time I survived the night because I just stood outside the camp doing that. Well, actually, there was four of us. <laughs> so there was four of us throwing Molotovs. All we could see was like a, a road of fire. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. But once you get high enough level, most of the zombies become ridiculous. I, I have a katana that's one thousand five hundred damage. Yeah, you just you just take them out with one shot. Any weapon above five hundred basically is yeah. takes out the zombies in about a hit. Yeah. You just slice their heads off one go and it's satisfying. But as I said, it still comes down to that. If something else distracts you, yeah. they can still prove to be a little bit of a threat. Those toad ones are annoying, though, the ones that spit. As well, cause they just act like snipers. They just sit oh, at the back of the map I hate and just gob at you. I, st- I hate the suiciders as well because they'll be wherever you don't want them to be. Yeah, I, the amount of times I just panicked and just they're there in a room and I'm thinking, I've got to shoot, but I can't shoot because it'll blow me up. And it's like, ah, shoot, bang. Dead. I've been killed so many times not even realising they were suicidal. Oh, because I'll be smacked dead. <laughs> yeah, I think actually the second time I saw it outside the cutscene version of that, I yeah. ran into a thing to take out a save zone and I drop kicked one and then didn't realise that it was <laughs> the uh, exploding yeah. one. So. I- Got a lovely view of me just getting blown right back <laughs> and dying. I still remember where I hit a zombie. I, I, I was doing one of the missions later on and we had to go collect radio logs. Yeah. Oh, zombie at the door. I'll just stab it. And then five seconds later, I realised, <laughs> oh, yeah, no meat, not. That exploded as it, as it hit, realising what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indoor sections are quite good as well. So like they add a nice change of pace. Of course, but... being me, though, I glitched it a few times. Yeah, being you, you do. <laughs> so me, I really saw like one or two, I think, in about 30 odd hours. We had, inter- it... we had an interesting spawn glitch at one point where, um, you know, there's a bit where all the, near the near the, like the sea where there's a load of green crates, you know, yeah. like barrels. Mm. Um, every, time we, every time I died, I spawned inside the crates, so I had to leave the server. <laughs> And come back because <laughs> there was no way to leave because there was no way to leave it because it was a locked crate that you're not supposed to be able to get into. Yeah, it was a later one in a lab where I was claw- crawling in the ducts and the the uh, exploding one was below me and it just knocked me up 
into the vent and I was like sort of halfway in the vent, halfway out the vent, walking, <laughs> walking stood up, but in the vent. It's just... Mm. Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> but yeah, rare. It was, it's very rare. I mean, yeah. strangely, there seems to be more things go slightly wrong now since they patched it, strangely. There you oh, go. Yeah, so I'll put the patches in it to break it more. To break it more, yeah, in a new and exciting ways. <laughs> you like your game broken? Well, now it's twice as broken. <laughs> For a Techland game, it is not that broken. That's the, that's the funniest part. Really? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm not looking forward to Dead Island now. And I remember the fact that it's being made by people made Rip Type, though. Yeah. That's going to be so broken. I forgot well, all about that. I, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm down to review that, so that'd be fun. <laughs> good for you. Have fun. Good for you. Coming off Escape Dead Island, this was actually nice to actually play something zombie based that wasn't utter shite. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, Escape for Dead Island is a great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't finish that sentence. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, since we're talking. <laughs> um, coming off of um, Dying Light there, thanks for that anyway. That's the early review, so it made sense we kind of expand that. We're just sort of sieging to what games we've been playing now. So. Um, uh, ben, do you want to start on this one? Well, this this is this is a very interesting question with me actually. I, well. think, I talked about this on RDGA, well, 4GO, should we say? But I'm still going to bring it up here just because it's an interesting topic. All right. Uh, I've been playing Transistor, but I haven't been playing Transistor at the same time. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been playing Rogue, right. basically. I downloaded <laughs> my plus games for this month: Rogue Legacy, yeah. Transistor, and. That game that I always seem to forget about. A pot of That one. Anyway, I started playing. I thought, why the hell has Rogue Legacy got a transistor icon? For some reason, on my PS4, it shows transistor as the you know the picture. Yeah. When you load Rogue Legacy. Right. Okay, sure. Why not? Sure, that can be a thing. So anyway, I start playing my Rogue Legacy, and my friend says, "Oh, what do you think of transistor?" I'm like. I'm playing Rogue Legacy, mate. Legacy. <laughs> uh, no, no, trans- you saw Transistor, look. He sent me a picture, look. He says, I'm playing Transistor. I said, no, 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 no. Sent him back a picture of Rogue Legacy. Oh, um, okay, sure, why not? And then later on, I he said, oh, you got some trophies. I'm like, really? Sink my trophies, and I've got trophies for, tran- for Transistor, for playing Rogue Legacy. <laughs> I've beaten the final boss in the game of Transistor, and I still haven't loaded the game up. <laughs> yeah, I got. I haven't beaten the first boss yet, though. But I've just beaten the go- last boss. All right, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, for some reason, my PS4 thinks Rogue Legacy is now Transistor, and it's given me the trophies for a completely different game that I've never played before. <laughs> so my goal is to to platinum Transistor without playing Transistor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's crazy. Because my theory is, every time I unlock a trophy in Rogue Legacy, it's unlocking them at the same spot in the trophy list on Transistor instead. Because it's not giving me the Rogue Legacy trophies. <laughs> I don't know how that works or why it works like that, but that's what it's doing. Yeah, definitely. So strange. yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna aim to platinum Transistor without ever playing it. <laughs> how, how are you finding Rogue Legacy anyway? I'm liking it. I do recommend giving it a download. It's a fun little game. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, get ready yeah, to die a lot, though. Yeah, it's like Spelunky in that sense. Just... Yeah, but every time you die, you come back as a new like generation of your family. Yeah, all the little traits. Which yeah, like, like my favorite trait has got to be uh, Vertigo. 
Where the what? whole screen's flipped side down. What about irritable bowel syndrome? Yeah. I haven't worked out what that actually does. It does little toot noises when he jumps. Oh my god, that's amazing. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I play without sound normally. So oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know it was still cool. Oh, that, that is amazing. Oh, I want that more now. You can also have a gay character, which is a bit weird. Still don't know what yeah. that does. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, what impact does that have? Yeah. Uh, you can also play that with one that's afraid of chickens. Yeah, which... again, and I haven't seen any chickens. Oh, so yeah, that, that's a, actually a trophy. Yeah. Uh, you know chicken legs? Yeah. You know your health? Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you get a health item up here, it attacks you instead because it's a chicken. <laughs> Then you get your health back if you kill it. Awesome. Yeah, he's afraid of his own food. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh. I do recommend giving Rogue Legacy. And of course, you might get Platinum Trophy for Transistor if you play it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get any Rogue Legacy trophies, though. You're not allowed that. No. Just Transistor. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so... You... Uh, um, Final Fantasy, obviously. Yeah, right. Final Fantasy. Um, and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Final Fantasy and Trans Legacy. Trans Legacy, cool. <laughs> um, cool, man. Um, Neil, how about you? I, I guess we pretty much covered that. Um, uh, have a couple you, of anything, games, yeah. anything else beyond Dying Light at all? <clears throat> yeah, Dying Light and Rogue Legacy, as I just mentioned, I've been playing as well, which is awesome fun. But also, good old Resident Evil Remaster as well. Oh, you've been on that? Oh, sweet. Oh, yes. How are you doing on that? I've just uh, got the second key and replaced the shotgun. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you played Crystal Jill? Jill. Yeah, Jill, Jill first time around. It's like, just wanted to get back into it properly again. But yeah, it's just, it's like I never went away in a way. It's just lovely to play it again after all this time. Awesome. So, it's like the controls find... are fine for me, I find. It's, uh, yeah, so, same here. Do you? Yes, um, I was just going to say, are you? Do you find find it um, difficult at all? The game, like, as in, not not from a control point of view, but is it challenging at all? Puzzle wise, just remembering uh, the, the wonderful logic they have for some of the stuff. It's like, oh, hang on, yeah, like that. But then, sort of twigs in your head, and you go, oh, I remember. If I do this, that happens, and that happens there. But it's just remembering where all the rooms are, where you find these things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, the more you play it, the more you get used to it, and I think. It's always been the popularity of the early resis is that you could you know, go through them again and again and again, just trying to do it better and quicker. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, I'm still wanting to get to the point with the old Neptune shark, which is one of my favorite bits of the remake. But uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, had a couple of crimson heads pop on, on me so far and uh, still as unpleasant as I remember. So. <laughs> oh, I've got to love the crimson heads. <laughs> They always always support, just as I forget, I haven't done every single corpse with uh, the old lighter fuel. And then I'll go back to an area I haven't been for ages, and then one will just pop up out of nowhere. It still makes me jump now and again. uh, Yeah, me too. Yeah, when you forget forget about them and they go, it's like, (laughs) ah! (laughs) They're pretty fast as well. Yeah, they are. It's ridiculous how fast they are. So, like, trying to get used to um, doing the old tank controls again was uh, interesting at first, because especially coming out of Dying Light as well, where you, you know, you're running about like a monkey. 
just swinging and jumping off everything. It's uh, to come to a game where you know you're basically in treacle most of the time. It was a bit jarring, but yeah, once you get back into it, it's fine and yeah, you know, it's satisfying as ever. You know, doing the old item management is always yeah, it's usual pain in the ass, but a lovely one to have. So yeah, it's uh, I'll be looking forward to sort of playing bit by bit again through the next few weeks. Sounds good. And plus Barry Burton as well. <laughs> oh yeah, good old Barry, but not the best Barry, you know, because uh, there's no super cheesy lines in that one of no, the same ilk. No, not quite the same quality. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think if I've played anything other than that. I played a bit of that. What was the other Vita game that came for Plus this week? Uh, Kicking something. I want to say Kicking Phoenix. But... Oh, hang on, I'll have a quick look. All right. That's it, Kick and Fennec, yeah. It's like a little um, platformer, but it's like a co-op thing. A little boy basically seems to be like a, a sniper rifle that you can use the ricochet of to bounce you off of walls and floors. So you can that's how you jump. You can't jump otherwise unless you do that. Oh, all right. It's basically like you've got to sort of chain your jumps together to get higher up and get to certain areas, collect all the stars on the level. Interesting little idea. I just I've not got too far in it. About four or five levels in. Yeah, for what it is, it's not bad. Yeah, you know, apart that's pretty much it. I played the tiniest, tiniest bit of actual transistor, and yeah, that's pretty nice to look at as well. But again, not really put any serious time into it yet because yeah, dying light has taken up most of it. Then again, I just remembered. I also played a fair bit of the older Battlefield Hardline. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Which not as bad as I thought it would be, to be honest. It's quite enjoyable. We, you know, my mates had a great time doing our old uh, battlefield trick of getting in the helicopter and just uh, parading around the map, take picking off everything. It's like good old times. It impressed me enough to want to play it. So I look forward to it. Uh, yeah, but that's it, I think, for me. Cool. Sounds good. Um, well, I've been, I was sort of joling a few games. I've been on Destiny a bit because I usually do the um, nightfall and the weekly strikes with Stephen and Alex Lotcher. Uh, um, use Ben used to hop in as well, but obviously Ben, you've been on um, Final Fantasy lately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been on that. Um, not so much. I'm not really much anything else to do with Destiny. Just just doing that for now because until I can do the raids, I can't get any better armor. So I'm totally not about to do the raid. That's for certain. <laughs> <laughs> um that, that's um pretty much where i am at the moment on destiny i've i started at war thunder again trying to um play uh go um do some tanks in war thunder because i've got something to write up for um gaijin on that um i've um you know it's it's, it's obviously very di- total it's very very different obviously to flying planes it's good fun though still it's kind of slow and plodding but um it's you know i like the the change in gameplay dynamic, dynamic, it's good. I didn't actually manage to kill anyone. I got killed, but I didn't actually manage to shoot anyone in my first game, so that wasn't very useful. But I mean, I bought a couple of tanks, new tanks, so hopefully they'll serve me well. Once I just figure out how to... It's just aiming at the um, enemies, like where you have to hit them in a certain thing area and stuff, so I need to like remind myself how to do that because I haven't played it for a while. But yeah, that's cool. Um, I've also been on... Um, as you guys know, when we started this podcast, I was on Resident Evil Director's Cut on my Vita, just playing through as Chris. Um, 
on arranged mode. I I also did a bit of um, GTA Vice City stories because uh, I love that game, the 80s soundtrack and everything. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So I'm slowly getting through that, um, finishing that off. Um, oh, yeah. Also, of course, Resident Evil HD. I'm playing through Jill on hard mode. Um, I've done. I've played Chris and Jill on normal. I played Chris on hard, and now I'm finishing off with Jill on hard mode. I'm just in the. Oh, I can't remember where I got to now. I think I'm just in in the labs actually. Um, so I'm going to work uh, work my way through um, that. That won't take me long to finish off. Another uh, probably about twenty twenty five minutes, and then I'll be finished with that for now. Um, then I'll probably go back to some more classic Resi. But um, think uh, just looking back. Nope, that's it for now. I did mean to start Assassin's Creed Unity again, not start it again. You know, go back on it and try and finish the damn thing. But I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't got around to it yet. But I will do that. I've still got Watch Dogs brand new that someone got me for Christmas, so I haven't even touched that yet. So yeah, I've got a few games to play. Um, but that's about it for now. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, Re- oh, Res- uh, Resident Evil um, Three is going to be 15 years old on February of the 18th. So I, oh, I, I, man. Yeah, I know. It makes you feel old, doesn't it? So I'm definitely going to be um, uh, playing that, playing the PS1 classic of that. I've still got it in my jaw, the, origin, the, um, the actual copy of it. Oh. I, yeah, I was... Um, I, just <laughs> I distinctly remember what I was doing 15 years ago on that day. I was in... Same, same stranger. Uh... Oh, wow, well, yeah. I was, well, I was... I'll go for... I was... Um, um, still in school doing my GCSEs. I was just before my 16th birthday and our drama class was going around to a school to do a feature on bullying. And I was for good conscience saying to tell the teacher instead of beating, um, at trying to fight the bully. And another guy was playing the bad conscience. And so we did that. And then I remember going home the long way for some reason to this old abandoned house uh, with my mates and sort of rooting through that, looking through that and everything, which is kind of appropriate for playing Resident Evil, I guess. And then I got home and just played Resident Evil 3 until the early hours of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw the intro and I was like, oh man, this is awesome! So it's still my favourite intro to this day, Resident Evil 3, with the cops and everything and the zombies. So, um, yeah. Uh, Neil, uh, how, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah, we, we got... Um free preview tickets to go and watch the film Lake Placid. And we went and did that for my brother's birthday. Oh, wow. Was that really? Uh, wow. Damn. Yeah, that was back then as well. And it's like, I think in that same day, it's like we went in the morning and started playing Resi because we got it like the night before and didn't get to play it. All and right. Yeah, so playing it all day. And then by the time we came back from the cinema, I was pounding on, got to the final boss and all that. I mean, we put in some marathon hours. Mostly I was playing it at the time because... Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. I loved that game to death. Yeah, it's like those first three Resis and Code Veronica are just awesome games. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm totally going to play that as well. Yeah, I think <laughs> I might go back to that. <laughs> yeah, Nemesis is hard as now, especially with the first few encounters. That guy is tough if you want to beat him. Seriously, <laughs> so difficult to beat. I know. It's just it makes you panic every time. Yeah, and that's that noise, that little bit of music. And yeah. The oh, the door, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> that bloody dodge move as well. That makes it really difficult. You have to just time it. And yeah. half the time she bloody dodges into his fist. It's like, oh, Jill, <laughs> you know. And if you time it just right, though, it's cool because she does this, like, little crouch move and holds her gun and fires it really fast. So it's like, chow, 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 which is actually really good. That's if it works and she doesn't dodge into the wall or his fist or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Class, class. Um, 
Uh, right. Well, that's. Um, I think that's a wrap on that. Um, we'll start um, closing up the podcast now because I'm going to go to bed soon because um, I need to be up early. Um, we uh, do. We have anything? Uh, anyone want to say anything at all? Ben, do you have any like uh, any specific things? Shoutouts, competitions, anything like that uh, you want to uh, talk not about? Right now, really. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Neil, any shout-outs, anything you want to mention at all? Well, just simply, we were on the uh, subject of Resident Evil. thought we might uh-huh. mention to everyone that we're doing a Resident Evil podcast later this month. A special. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. Yes, we are. We're um, in celebration of Resident Evil HD coming out recently and Resident Evil Revelations 2 Episode 1 coming out later this month. Yes, we are indeed going to be talking all things Resi. Uh, I don't know who's going to be on that, but um, I will fight tooth and nail to get on there. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, we want you on there, believe me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I presume you will be as well, Neil. Um, oh, yes. Ben, uh, Ben, I don't know if you'll be missing that because it's Resident Evil. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that one a miss. <laughs> okay, I can be my special host then. I'm, a, yeah, I'll, I'll host. Uh, I'll say now, I'm going to host it. <laughs> so I get, yeah. So it'll be me and Neil, and there's bound to be someone else who likes I think Resident it's Evil. Gary. And yeah, Gary it? does. You may have Adam make his debut as well. Adam, yes, of course, Adam um, Adam Byrne, yeah, because he's a massive Resi fan, yeah, and he hasn't been on the podcast yet. So look out for that, guys. Um, I'm not sure when it is. I think it would be in the next week or two, but before February wraps. So that's only like, uh, what, what, what date are we now? We're on the 8th. Oh, we got a bit longer than I thought, sorry. Yeah, so a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Um, right, well, I think that's a bit of, that's a wrap now, folks. Um, just um, before we go, guys, don't forget to... Um, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And also try, if you don't mind, that is, um, we'd really appreciate if you uh, subscribe to um, us on iTunes so you can get the podcast delivered to all your eye things, as Glenn used to say. Um, we will be back again roughly the same time next week. Uh, who's going to be back on the show next week? Uh, ben, are you hosting or me? <laughs> I, I don't know yet. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll be here either way then. We'll be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was um, wanting to give some shout Oh, yeah, because I wasn't here last week. I wanted to give a shout out to my mate Richard Walker, who's a fellow games journalist. I met him again for the first time since March 2014, a few weeks back at the Resident Evil Revelations 2 event. Um, he's a really cool guy. So, uh, also, um, I want to uh, also shout out to um, uh, the Digital Spy games writer. Um, I feel terrible. F- because I can't remember his name because <laughs> I was I only met him like briefly, but he's a really cool guy as well. And um, the Capcom, P- Capcom PR team were great as well. Um, incidentally, if you haven't read my preview on Revelations Two, you should do so now, um, now guys, because it's it's it, I was impressed by it. It's quite um, kind of have that creepy Resident Evil atmosphere, kind of more of a emphasis on saving ammo and getting headshots, which was cool. And the raid mode was really good as well. So give um, do us a quick search of that, and you'll be able to find it. Um, apart from that, I think we're about to. Uh, wrap up now um thank you to ben and neil for joining me again it's good to be back um i expect i'll be back next week because i don't really want to try and miss too many podcasts although it may, mainly it's because i'm trying to have a bit more of a social life that's <laughs> the only reason i'm out sometimes um what's a social yeah. life yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh, thanks guys um uh, thanks to all our listeners thanks to you guys thanks to the rest of uh, the uh, crew at psu towers um It'd be cool to hear again from our old superfan Fonz. If you're still listening, Fonz, um, send us an email sometime. I see you on PSN sometimes, so give us a give um, sh- um give us a um a, a nudge sometime. Um, also the guys who have been adding me from the uh, who have been listening to the podcast and who have added me on PSN. Hi guys, thanks for adding me. It's really cool. Which reminds me, if you want to add me, then go ahead. You can add me at Billy underscore Cohen eighty four capital B and a capital C. That's Billy underscore Cohen eighty four. 
Um, ben, how can people add you to PSN? Uh, you can add me as Chili. Uh, you can add me on Twitter as Chili underscore UK. You can add, send me an email at ben.chilbearhall at psu.com. Uh, you can contact me on Neogaf and PSU as Chili. Uh, all the different ways you can contact me and stalk me. <laughs> yes, do stalk Ben, please. Uh, Neil, do, um, how can people contact you? Uh, you can get me on PSN and uh, Son of Venom, all lowercase. You can get me on Twitter at Nezko, that's N-E-Z-Z-K-O. And my PSU address is, and I have to always check, even though I know it, at neil.bolt at psu.com. Wicked. Uh, needless to say, you can contact me as well if you wish by email at mike.harridance at psu.com. Okay, ch- um, chaps, that's a wrap. That's been episode 66 of PlayStation Unchained. We will be back next week where we'll be talking about all the latest PlayStation gossip, reviews, and a bit of friendly banter and some crazy talk from Ben because, you know, he likes doing that. And probably some more Barry Burton quotes from me as well. Um, thank you for joining me, guys. We will <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. and. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, Neil, thanks for joining me. Ben, always a pleasure. Uh, what's left to say is it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Later, guys. Bye.